Welcome back to Dr. Drill's Making Motivation Podcast. Today is the 11th of July, 2020. Just back from a beautiful vacation to um, Holland, Michigan. Our second time, third time rather, visiting out there. 11, 12-hour ride, well worth it. Gentle waves lapping the dock, catching catfish, swimming in the lake, getting close to the water. It's good for us. It's good for the soul to be out there immersed in something, something flowing. It kind of cleanses you of all the nonsense. And the first time that I had any trouble sleeping whatsoever was the night before we left. Up to that point, didn't really ponder too much what was going to transpire in the following day. We might have had an idea, hey, we're going to go out on a boat, or we're going to fish, or we're going to go to the beach. But other than that, the the, uh, mental checklists and all of that baggage that we accumulate as we start the week have been stripped away, and thereby is a case is made for vacation or weekends dedicated to relaxation and doing things that you want to do. It was awesome. Listen to some different podcasts and reading up on some things while we're away. Came upon uh, a three-way conversation between Daniel Schmachtenberger, um, two other guys, intellectual types, and on the topic of uh, signal versus noise. And this is how I conceptualize it. Imagine a signal like a microwave tower, almost like a clip art format, where it's got information coming and going, and you're you're picking up a signal, or you're switching around to your favorite radio station. And before, until you get to that station, uh, let's say it's Ben FM, you're you're uh, searching along up until the point that you you land at the desired radio station get that channel you are experiencing noise so signal versus noise now is the time in society where as I've said previously quoting whoever we are glut in information but starved of wisdom right there's so much information at our uh, fingertips and technology and science and connectivity. It's awesome, but uh, we are really struggling trying to determine fact from fiction. And this uh, Schmachtenberger in particular was talking about how if we're having a conversation or even a, a, a discussion about something and we each have our opinions, you can be informed on the topic. Um, You can have a degree of truth, but you don't have, your your knowledge is not complete, but yet you behave as though you have, like you take a stance, you take a a side, an in-group, out-group, kind of blue shirt, red shirt versus thing where you mentally feel like you need to take a stance firmly, unyielding. So, whereas if you're having a, a, the type of discussion we want to have would help us sort out the signal from the noise, and there's probably something that you can have, you can glean from talking with another person, 
maybe somebody you think you don't have anything in common with or they represent the other side and so the information that they could provide would help you complete your point of view and really come to a, a legitimate truth um, there's not a lot of that happening there's a lot of a lot of noise and not a lot of signal not, not a lot of arrival with clarity on the right frequency the right channel that's going to result in society actually getting a place uh, getting becoming productive and and doing something that benefits all so signal versus noise I thought that that was an awesome uh, it's an awesome concept for us and a, a notion for us to be able to distinguish signal from noise all of us to really try to distill out or the terms that uh, the phrase I've used parse out to parse out the nonsense from the good stuff and if to, you know think about terms of like mining something there's so much information out there right now imagine back in the day during the gold rush you're trying to sort out the actual usable desired product which is a shiny soft malleable uh, mineral called gold that we can make shiny things jewelry and shit out of um, you're going to sort that from the chaff or the the uh, comparatively undesirable uh, rock and uh, now would actually be a good time since there's so much information at our fingertips and we're essentially cyborgs with these phones that we carry around with us all the time we should be mining the airwaves and the, the information that's at our disposal for signal and um, and really trying to, to come to some conclusions. Then these uh, guys talked about the notion of how, as individuals, we're, we want to be successful. We want to maintain our individual at individuality, um, maximize our own potential. But what about maxing or meeting the common goal? Say you're on a team, or in this case, they use the phrase "jazz musicians." How? Each of them have their instruments and they're playing and it's a kind of a jam where everybody's doing their best and trying to um, make their art and try to figure out how it fits within the, the band itself and so to the untrained ear it sounds like hell you know it sounds like a bunch of kind of miscellaneous instruments that are just doing their own thing you try to make sense of it but if you can get the best jazz musicians and they just start jamming they will be able to both meet their goals and meet the uh, the goals of the greater uh, the, the, make some sort of beautiful composition or something worth listening to and so he also extrapolated that to teams and how you let's say you can play on a soccer team and everybody can excel in their their specific position while helping you know, and be happy and be fulfilled and be successful, let's say, playing goalie or right wing or defense, but serving the purpose of the team to win. Um, that was really cool. I, I enjoyed that conversation. Um, then, collaboration, okay, open this malleability.
Oh, I had an idea about conflict, difference between conflict cognition and deep thinking. So just in the day-to-day, we're talking about the grind when everybody's thinking and checking off the list of all the things to do and their goals for the week. And it's almost like you get in this current that is your workplace or your schooling or whatever the task at hand is. And you don't have an opportunity to think about more, uh, you know, big, deep thinking problems, you know, big problems of life. And so many people just think of our content to just get through the day and then just kind of collapse and the day is over. They don't have the opportunity to, uh, to visit these um, important issues that, and so we're, we kind of turn, I feel like the general public turns their, a blind eye um, and their intellect away from being constructive and solving problems because they're so mired down, they're so um, settled into their routines. There's kind of like happy workers, producers, consumers, but they don't have an opinion on things like climate change or, uh, you know, the earth, pollution, social, you know, uh, situations or the big problems that we have. Uh, They don't have a strong opinion or, and so for lack of the information at hand, they join just one side. And typically this would be like a right versus left, Democrat versus Republican, pick a side sort of thing because I don't want to do the intellectual heavy lifting myself. It's kind of a laziness as a result of just being friggin' in this current of life. And so that can be a problem. I posted something today. It was an image of uh, what we, our depiction of the solar system with all the planets that we know and we learned about. And then we've discovered over the years that each of these planets in our solar system, they've got myriad moons and other planets that orbit them and interact in interesting ways. And they've the composition of the planets and their gravitational laws and all this stuff make it so that, let's say, there's a moon um, that rather than uh, it's got lakes on it, it's covered in, in, a, in a liquid, but instead of liquid water, which has interesting properties, it is liquid methane, which is something that it's actually where farts come from, methane, or we can use it as a fuel. So on a different planet in a different world, in a different solar system, in this gigantic universe that we really never had a clue about, we know things about it now. We, we, are, we are certain about a lot, and our, so our information at hand has changed. We need to change the way we view the world. Now I had some folks that come on and talk about creationism and how it's all written in uh, Genesis or whatever, and, and as I said, you know, respectfully, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I think it's an oversimplification by mankind. You know, not that science has all the answers, but it's the best tool that we have at hand. We have to be cognizant of new information and be able to incorporate it into our lives and in our society in order to survive. There's this human-centered, this anthropomorphic view that we view the world via, and it is dominated. You know, it's like we are the dominant species. We have been successful. 500 years of technological progress. 
Um, whereas geologic time goes back billions of years and we have no clue and no concept and we find it hard to believe when we hear things about the fossil record or carbon dating or the origin of life and maybe the Big Bang is an oversimplification as oversimplified as saying that it's a grandfatherly man um, who is you know, over looking over us and we have a personal relationship with him and he's responsible for all life on earth and it's a very I don't know to me it, it's just obvious that it's it's kind of time for that way of thinking to to fade away you know you can still we can still keep our spirituality every society has had some kind of deity whether it's monotheism or polytheism or whatever you want to believe in, whatever gets you through the day, and do, while it doesn't hurt other people, is great, but we also, we are subject to the things that occur to us, and when you think about things like this pandemic and virality, um, we, I don't know if you folks appreciate this, but microbiology, it's actually a science in its infancy. We hear about things like, uh, the bubonic plague and other things like that that have um, has, have caused problems and pandemics and deaths and uh, across historical time, but we uh, beyond that, there's a whole lot that we didn't know about, and now you're reading about things like should I take a probiotic and what about the mind gut uh, connection and then um, this viral pandemic occurs and we know so little though we know so much about life around us these days we gathered so much intelligence here's a critter that we can't seem to get the most accurate data on and so the world is going to it's a lot bigger than and the, the universe this is all a lot bigger than we we try to make it we try to simplify it oversimplify it and boil it down to something that we can digest, but it's going to require a lot of uh, a lot of thinking and collaborating and relying upon the tools at hand to solve problems. Which the best hope of which is we have is science. And so, if we don't learn about the world around us, it's going to bite us in the ass like it has in this pandemic need to strive to understand and take the ignorance away so that we can solve problems and survive as a species while not shitting all over this uh, wonderful planet that we call home. All this is best summed up in Carl Sagan's poem, The Pale Blue Dot. Essentially everything I'm saying, but I thought these guys had some really cool things to say. I'd like to end with... Um, Something that I thought when I pondered while I was walking along the Unami Creek this morning with Momi Sproles. Um, well, I was letting her swim in the creek and there's all kinds of crap all over the bank. Beer cans crushed and plastic bottles and shit like that. Detritus left by people who were going down there to, to you know, cool themselves down in the waters and catch some fish and do whatever, probably young people, etc., etc., but 
they leave their shit all over the banks and, and we make a mess of things. And I think that's a microcosm of the greater macrocosm, which is that we take more than we give and we don't respect the earth. We try to extract infinite resources from a finite planet and we make a mess. And I'm thankful we've had all this progress, but there are consequences of it. And, uh, we need to adapt. Um, so I call this, um, the phrase is, um, don't shit upstream. <laughs> Stop shitting upstream. You know, think about back in like Little House in the Prairie days or wherever. We're still doing it where we build a civilization uh, near the local water source. Let's say it's a Mississippi River and before indoor plumbing and potable water and all kinds of other uh, manufacturing processes that help us avoid pollution we just threw everything away we throw it off and let it go downstream well downstream somebody's freaking living man downstream all that stuff shit literal or figurative it floats and it winds up somewhere probably out into the ocean or pollutes something affects some somebody else's life and that's a sort of empathy we need to be able to have the sense enough to say okay I anticipate that, and I don't want, wouldn't want that happen to me. I wouldn't want to be the recipient of all that crap. So I'm going to pack up my shit, my trash, and and take it home and dispose of it properly. And that's uh, again, that's like a, a philosophy for life. Don't shit upstream. <laughs>